Hello, good friends, and welcome to your second edition of the Wolves Win 10,000 Lamps podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Radke. I'm here with Julian Andrews. Julian, since we last talked, the Timberwolves won. Yeah, I think it's important to point out um, that the Wolves' last game was not a win. Yes. This is not a uh, the Timberwolves just won podcast. It's a yes. the Timberwolves have won podcast. So and and technically, since I guess since the last time, if the person's listening to this, and since now the Timberwolves didn't win, but since the last time we recorded before the episode went live, they won because we recorded on Sunday and they won Sunday mm, night. That's true. Yeah, we need to adjust our framing for consistency. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hey, this is a Wolves one episode. This is an optimism uh, podcast now. Well, with that being said, the Timberwolves are now five and fifteen, last in the league. Um, so that's, that's not good. No, no, it's not. Um, Julian, but like one quick thing is I wrote, I wrote a piece, uh, this week over at at zone coverage. I write once a week. It's fun there. Um, but I, I talked about how, if there's any silver linings and we talked, we talk about this really all the time. So I laid out three things that need to happen this season for the Timberwolves, in order for fans to feel optimistic of going into mm-hmm. next season. And the answer is not playoffs, right? Like we know that one is that Anthony Edwards looks like the rookie of the year or something like it. Um, like I, I would argue Lamella ball is, I think most people would argue that, that he's the the favorite, but with that being said, over this last five games, when Ryan Saunders is playing Anthony Edwards, he's averaged 19 points per game. Um, he looks like he's confident. Okay. So that's one you want to know if you made the, maybe, maybe you didn't make the right pick at number one, but it, you at least got a player that, that could be a future star. Number two is, which I don't think this is going to happen, but you want to have a good idea that towns, Russell and Beasley can play together. And we like the, the one excuse that Ryan Saunders and the Timberwolves has is that they've only played five games together. Yeah. That's wild to me. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's you're not total. That's like yeah. ever. Right? Yeah. That's not just this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's number two. It's like, you want to figure out what you have there. Um, and the thing is, we, we, we the, the, I, I, I keep waking up in nightmares, repeating Michael Pina's voice from sports illustrated saying that Malik Beasley is better than D'Angelo Russell. I'm sorry to hear that, Kyle. I'm just like screaming in the middle of the night. Have you tried melatonin or therapy? Yeah. Both I'm sc- are great. Yeah, screaming in the middle of the night. Um, and number three is that th- if you're the Wolves, you want to stay in that top three. Of course, if like the top two things on that list happen, like you probably won't. And like it doesn't seem like a huge deal. If, if you're in the top three, I think it's a 40% chance to keep your pick. Yeah. And then if you get to like number five – dips down to 31%. Yeah. But it's still a big deal. I mean, you want, you want every percentage you can eke yeah. out of that. So wait, I have a question about your second one though. Is, is your um, like optimism benchmark that they do work well together or is it that you know whether or not they work well together? Yeah. You just got to figure it out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, That's ideally fair. you'd like them yeah. to, you would like it to work out, work out, but right. like, 
Yeah, but if all of a sudden you get 20 games out of Towns, Beasley, and Russell, and it's just like a par- it's apparent that your defense is just so bad, or yeah. um, it, it, like you know, Russell and Beasley just don't co- coexist, which they've played together, so that's what, whatever it is. Like you just have an idea of what's going on, which yeah. um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I, I feel like we've kind of. Uh... <laughs> Is that all we can say about the Timberwolves? I know. It's just sad and depressing. Okay, so I got a question for you. Okay. Uh, clearly, Timberwolves fans need a little bit of fun in their lives. <laughs> um, you, from the sound of your voice, need a little bit of fun in your life. Although, you know, your life uh, outside of the Timberwolves seems to be going very well. Um, if you had to pick a team to be a fan of, that you would recommend Wolves fans just hop on the bandwagon for just this season, since this season seems to kind of be a loss. Uh, who would you pick? Who would you tell Timberwolves to fans to root for in the meantime? Who's a team okay. that you've been enjoying? Okay, that's a good question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you three teams. Okay. The first two are teams that I'm not gonna pick, but they're they're qualifiers. Now this is a classic podcast move. <laughs> just it is. Just fill in time, baby. Um, okay. So my first is the Nets. You have you have Katie, you have Harden, you have Kyrie. A very fun team to watch, I would say. Um, maybe the Eastern Conference favorites after after the Harden trade. I don't I have to look at the odds. Um, but they don't go on my list because I just don't know if I can watch James Harden and Kyrie Irving play. Or you know, like cheer all the time. I don't know. Harden and Kyrie yeah. don't irk me as much as other guys, but if it's my favorite team and I get to pick, um, that's not going to work for me. Okay. Uh, two, the Rockets. That may sound silly, right? John Wall and Victor Oladipo, they got rid of Harden. Why would you like them? I just, I think it's a nice, it's a, how fun would it be if all of a sudden the Rockets got to be the sixth seed? That sounds kind of fun. Like if, if all of a sudden like Harden's gone and the, and the Rockets, get to the sixth seed and maybe they beat, I don't know, like the Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. That's fun. Um, the problem is I don't know half the players on the Rockets team. So that's that that's an issue. The the team that I in, have enjoyed, and unfortunately I have some later games and I'm an, I'm an old man and I can't quite stay up, is the, the Phoenix Suns. They, they, they remind me of what you'd think the, the Timberwolves – Maybe my team. Be, yeah, the, like I'll, I'll, I'll let you explain a little bit more, but I've never been like a huge Chris Paul guy, um, but it's just so much fun watching him elevate all these young guys. And so, that, that's just been a lot of fun. So here's the situation. So I'm, as we know, if you are a regular listener, raised a Blazers fan um, and now a Timberwolves fan, obviously, because I worked for the team and I live in Minnesota. Um, so not necessarily predisposed towards rooting for another Western conference team. Um, Typically when I have any kind of bandwagon fan team, it's like more geared towards uh, the Eastern conference. However, uh, about last year, I think, yeah, last year was the first year we did this. I got my girlfriend to play fantasy basketball with my friends and I, and some of our mutual friends and we have a dynasty league and it's been really fun. And uh, Deandre Ayton is one of her guys. Um, 
So as a result, she has really become kind of a, a, a fan of the Suns and really brought the Suns into our house. And she watches pretty much every game, which is really impressive because I don't even watch every Wolves game. That is impressive. Um, so well, well, it's a little more fun. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so so that's kind of how the, the Suns fandom came into the house. But since watching them, man, you have a really, really fun scorer in Devin Booker, like an ISO guy who is just, in my opinion, really fun to watch. I think he gets way too much hate. I'm not sure where the hate comes from. Well, I think um, it's like the Towns thing, right? Where it's like, they're, I guess so. they're, they're called stars and then they just don't, they don't win. And yeah, that, that that's where I need to, I need to check myself because I'm not hard on Devin Booker. Yeah. I'm like, well, give him a chance. He's young, but for yeah. the same thing with Carl, sometimes I got to catch myself. So that's, yeah. that's my well, bad. this could be his year. Cause that team looks good. Um, Devin Booker, really fun. Uh, I'm right there with you on the Chris Paul kind of redemption comeback tour. You know, he, I was always a Chris Paul hater. I hated him, hated him when he was in New Orleans. Um, mostly just because he beat the Blazers and some nail biters. And I was a very invested uh, middle school and high school basketball fan. So, so, or a fan of uh, the NBA when I was in middle school and high school, not a fan of my middle school basketball team. <laughs> Shout out to those guys. <laughs> Great guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, no. So, I ha- always hated Chris Paul. But then last year, I just gained a ton of respect for him with how he was able to bring out the best in those guys in OKC. Yeah. And he's doing it again in Phoenix. And he's just making this tour through the league and just turning young guys into really good players. What he did with Shigel just Alexander, um, now kind of helping Booker and Aiton improve their games. It's so admirable i really like watching it and it's fun to watch him coach players on the floor it really i always feel like whenever i'm watching chris paul it's never boring like there's always something going on um and i just really like that plus you have a bunch of really interesting young wing guys you know mikhail bridges cam johnson speaking of which Mm -hmm. cam johnson might be nice to have on the timberwolves but that's a conversation for another day um i like those guys i like jay crowder I like some other backups even. I just top to bottom, I just I find that team really fun to watch because they play in lots of different ways. You have like a dominant big man in Aiden. You have like a really fun ISO perimeter scorer. And then you have like a very, you know, just smart, skilled, true point guard in Chris Paul. And so it's just like a team where I'm like, I really wish I had been a Phoenix fan. Cause I feel like I can't really jump on the bandwagon now because mm. it's like, you know they're good now. So I can't decide to root for them, but Bridget, my girlfriend, she uh, was rooting for them last year as well. So she gets to, she gets to reap the benefits now, but um, yeah, they're hundred percent my team. That was a lot about the Phoenix suns. Well, but, I'm yeah, gonna they're, give, they're, I think they're the obvious choice. Yeah. I th- I'm, and I'm going to give you some more. Um, Cause I remember Mikhail bridges. It, it, somebody correct me if I have this story wrong, but he was, so he was drafted by the 76ers yeah, in have this, right. 2018 and didn't his mom work for the 76ers? Mom is like pretty high up in the Sixers organization. He's like yeah. from Philly. Okay. And he so, was so psyched to be drafted by them. Yeah. And then they traded him for Zaire Smith. Yep. And I think there might have been like a future, future first round pick involved or something. And I remember Brett Brown talking about how he traded the pick because the 76ers were star hunting, claiming basically that Zaire Smith could be a star. And or I think more some- realistic. I mean, that Mikhail Bridges could not be a star, right? 
I think that's because when probably, you say you're hunting and you're like in that range. Well, throughout the last three years, do you know what uh, the 76ers really needed? A wing shooter. Uh, and over the, yep. And this year, Miles Bridges is averaging 15 points per game while shooting. Uh, sorry, uh, Macal Bridges is shooting 50 or sorry, 41.6% from the three point line. It's pretty good. Yeah. You want to hear about use- a bad, you want to hear a bad thing? Tell me. I had him on my fantasy team for most of last year. I traded him and Luke Kennard for DeAndre Jordan. That's not good. I know it was a really bad trade. I needed rebounds and then immediately COVID shut down the season. I really thought I was going to like make a push. So I was like, I'll trade this kind of not playing wing and this injured wing for this asset that could help me in the short term. And then that went horribly wrong. Didn't work. Yeah. No, this like, let's now let's pick a team from the East. Cause I, like, yeah. I think that for, yeah. And for me in the West too, I like the Mavericks, but um, oh, I do not. That, that's a goofy team. I but I, I just, I just love Luca. Yeah, you do. I'm, you a, do. I'm a big Luca guy. Um, if I had to pick a team in the East that isn't a super favorite team, you know what? I mean, this is similar to the Suns where they got some veterans, um, but this team is actually good because of just like the natural progression steps they've taken. Um, well, they're ten and ten, so they're not like good. But the Hawks, um, that like. Th- we we get so high and low on somebody like Trey Young, but I'm pretty sure he just had like three straight games scoring 40 points. Maybe he's just really good. It seems yeah, like it's possible, and maybe it seems like all the other guys on the team that I'm. It's 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 a tricky thing because it reminds me of the Timberwolves a little bit. They never had somebody like Trey Young, obviously, but you get so excited about all these young players on your team, and then you get like three or four years in, and then you realize that some of those young players maybe aren't as good and they're not like franchise cornerstones and that you need better pieces in order to compete. And it seems maybe that's where the Hawks are right now that you want your own guys to develop, but eventually some of these homegrown prospects, you you kind of have to move on if you want to enter that championship bubble. Otherwise you just get stuck kind of like the Hawks did 10 years ago. Yeah. Do you have a team in the East Julian? Sorry, I, I was trying to think of a Hawks take. I don't really have one. I do, really don't watch the Hawks that much, but I'm glad that you enjoyed them. Well, Kevin Herter is my guy. <laughs> You've been ride or die for Kevin Herter as long as I've known you. I mean, I'm not going to like 38.3% three point shooter throughout his career, mm-hmm. um, 11 points per game. Maybe not as good as I once thought he could be. Well, you thought he would be like Ray Allen. Yeah, I thought he might be like Reggie Miller, the second coming. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know, I wasn't right, but I will say I thought he was going to be better than, um, a lot of people did. Well, it's funny. I think I've talked about this a million times on the pod because I don't get to say that I have a source very often. I did have a source tell me, and it wasn't somebody that, um, I don't even know if I can say who it was. It had nothing to do with me really working for the team. Uh, (laughs) not a professional source. Exactly. (laughs) He told me that if the Timberwolves uh, or if Kevin Herter wouldn't have gone to the Hawks at 19, the Timberwolves were ready to take him at number 20. I bet that made you really sad. I get, yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> but I love, I love Josh Okogie. Of course, yeah. I think he's great. Uh, yeah. I just don't think he's as good as Kevin Herter. Yeah. Didn't you have a source tip you off that Tyler Harrow was really good too? Yeah. And, and a source told me... <laughs> 
Um, I keep saying like I, I don't I don't mean to be like oh, this. Kyle, please be like this. The morning of the draft, that somebody texted me and they told me that Michael Porter Jr. was going to drop uh, far in the draft. And at the time, there were reports saying like being floated out there that he was going to go in the top, like top three. Yeah. And somebody said somebody texted me and it's like no way that he might not even be in the lottery. And yeah. that person was right. So um, there you have. Well, it turns out that the, it said the Kings were might be interested in taking Michael Porter Jr. second, uh, which would have seemed cr- seemed crazy at the time. It actually would have worked out better because Marvin Bagley Jr. Yeah. or Marvin Marvin Bagley the third does not look very good. Yeah, that's tough. Um. Anyways, so my team in the East, I have to be honest, I don't really watch all that much Eastern Conference basketball it's not like it's it's not like baseball where like pitchers are hitting it's the same sport you mean oh no i know i just haven't watched these teams very much so it's like hard for me to bandwagon because i spend my time watching the suns the blazers and the that's fair that's fair okay um but uh so a little while ago it might have been the knicks um just because i yeah, huge Tibbs guy over here. No, a lot of my friends are Knicks fans, so I get a lot of that. So I really can't say the Knicks um, because I don't really want to make my friends happy. Um, <laughs> Great guy. Yeah, no, I, awesome. I hope my friends are sad forever. Yeah, yeah, just about the Knicks. No, uh, I hope the Knicks are okay. I think the league's better with them, but I don't know. This whole Julius Randle is the centerpiece of the future is maybe a bit of a bit of a push and then um, i was watching the knicks play the blazers and emmanuel quickly i know he's kind of a stud but really annoyed me mm-hmm. really always going for foul calls i get that that's how it works now but that bothered me so for now it's still for now it's still touch and go for me in the Knicks. but i think i got it with the pacers um just because i'm a sucker for like kind of throwback you're, you're a sucker for five seeds that are going to lose in the first round of the playoffs that is, <laughs> great I, listen think about how i was raised think about <laughs> how i was raised okay, that's fair um yeah so i am a sucker for those kinds of teams but no i, I mean i'm happy for malcolm brogdon mm-hmm. um i i'm glad it's working out for him i think it's obviously very stupid that the bucks traded him yeah, yeah very dumb <laughs> or very let dumb. him go or whatever happened there um and then i'm glad that demontis sabonis so i i also was a big fan of arvidas sabonis growing up mm-hmm. um so I'm very happy to see his son, DeMontis Sabonis, doing really well. Um, that's been really fun. And then I'm really glad Miles Turner turned it around. I love a defensive big man. Um, blocking shots is pretty much my only utility in pickup basketball. So anyone who can lead the league in blocks, I'm pretty much automatically a favorite. That's why I traded for DeAndre Jordan, probably, because I remember him being good at blocking shots. Mm-hmm. And I love blocks. It's my favorite stat. Um, yeah, so I like Miles Turner. And then I really like Karis LeVert. I, I know that like, I really obviously am really glad that he went through that physical to get traded because they discovered like cancer. Yeah. Um, scary. I'm really glad it's really scary. And I'm glad he was able to get treatment. It seems like he's going to be fine, which is great, but I really like his game. Um, I was at that game at the wolves where it seemed like he had like snapped his. Foot. Yeah. That was like one of the scariest, but that was the most quiet I've ever heard at arena. That mm-hmm. was just, and the players just all looked like they were going to puke. Um, so that was really scary. And that I'm really glad he came back from that ended up just being dislocated, but um, I like Karis LeVert. So I don't know, just like a lot of guys on that team, I tend to root for. So I got to go Pacers. What's well, funny because I'm on the ESPN NBA page right now. 
And mm-hmm. the main story is Miles Turner is coming for Giannis's Defensive Player of the Year trophy. We should. Did I ever tell you my Miles Turner story at the combine? <laughs> That's awesome that you have a Miles Turner story. Let's hear it. <laughs> like a Miles Turner story, but like just you two going to the club. Yeah, me and Miles going to the club. Uh, now, so every year I used to go to the combine for like seven or eight years in a row, and it was really it's really fun. You, uh, it's it's less cool now, especially during a pandemic. It's less cool to get three hundred people in a room yeah, breathing yeah. on each other. Um, but I mean, in the last few years, it's it, it hasn't been as fun because the top five or top ten guys won't go. But this is back in twenty fifteen, I think. So Miles Turner's there. He's considered like a top ten, top fifteen pick, whatever. And reporters kept asking him about his gait. And oh, at the time, yeah. I did not know what a gate. I didn't even know what that meant. So I was like, his gate. So I look, I was like, oh, it means his, how he runs, like how, like how he come, like how yeah. he, you know, r- yeah. runs, I guess. Um, and how, what would you say if someone asked you about your gate? Well, I would be like, is it, <laughs> I need to lock it? Yeah. It's someone robbing me. Yeah. I don't, I have, I mean, <laughs> I have a security system. I have a solar light that, just Somebody put yourself over. in the shoes of these like teenagers. Yeah. And this yeah. like dude and like you or me is like asking them, like, hey, like, what do you think about how you walk? Yeah. And basically that's what it was. <laughs> and you know, it's like, well, I, I think I'm working on it. And it's like, God, what a stupid question. Like, what are you gonna get as a reporter? Like, I know they're doing their jobs. I I'm I'm not bashing the media, but what are you gonna get out of Miles Turner? And, and obviously at the combine. Yeah, I can't. Anyways, so how, they, is that how the story ended? Or? That's the story. It's just, okay. I, I was like so perplexed by uh, like some of the things we worry about at the combine or, and when I say we, I mean reporters and media. I don't know if actual teams do. Maybe they do. Cause otherwise maybe they, they, those won't be questions. Um, just funny. Uh, hit me. Go ahead. No, I was, I was, was going to go. Saying, like, what's the most, what's the most other than that? Like, I don't know. What's like the most interesting or weird thing that's happened to you at, at like the combine or summer league or one of these times when the league kind of gets together. Oh, that is a fun question. Um, classify anything. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a few things. So when Chris Dunn was drafted by the Timberwolves, I was convinced from his interview that he was going to be an absolute stud and he seemed mature. And he was, cause he was like 23. Um, he was the opposite of that. And I mean it both in both ways. He was not a great basketball player and he came into the league's super immature. Um, so that's he wasn't 23. He was uh, 16. He was 16. No, <laughs> he was actually, he was actually 46. Um, the other one is uh, I, I always find it fun. So b- basically you're at these media things and there's like giant scrums, right? And like, you know, yeah. this like, and if you're a reporter and you're in the back and like you're holding your recorder up and you're like hitting somebody in the ear and it's smelly so uncomfortable. It's and horrible. some media members like are just ugh, like take a shower or like, whatever. they're just like, like elbowing you. Yeah. Like they're wearing the same shirt for three straight days. They're I just mean, hitting you over the head with a two by four. Yeah. The and then so, yeah, somebody behind you like, Hey, I have, a ca- I have a camera coming through. I have a camera. And they hit you in your head and you're like, geez, why did I do this? Um, this is such a stupid career. Uh, and we're all getting the same audio, which will also be shared later by the team. Yeah, it'll be like on YouTube or something. It's so <laughs> yeah. stupid. Um, but basically what I would do is I would just find somebody that nobody's talking to. And yeah, I would at the combine. 
Yeah. And I didn't even because just to a picture here, like all the prospects are seated. And this is how was it all-star and WNBA all-star. It's like, they're all seated around this room. Yes. Like at the edges of this giant room, like all the prospects. And then there's all these individual scrums around them. Yes. So they'll have like five players going on at the same time. And if it's like Shea Gilgis Alexander and another top five pick and a top 10 pick, you know, it's like, well, all these guys are just going to be around them. And it's like, well, yeah, I want the interview, but I also don't really care to stand in a crowd, you know, like whatever. So I would have like a good conversation with somebody who's going to go in the twenties. Yeah. So like I met like last year, the twenties, I talked to a guy or two years ago. Um, I talked to Kyle guy from the the Kings. I oh, talked, yeah. To, yeah. talked to him for like 25 minutes and I didn't even record it. I was just like, we were just talking about stuff and I love Kyle guy. that was fun. And I like, you just, the, the best thing about that is like, yes, you want to get your sound clips and you want to get, why do you think you'd be a great fit on the Timberwolves? And have you worked out for the Timberwolves yet? And then the, the prospect always says, well, I don't really remember the teams that I've worked out for, or, you know, whatever, because that's what they yeah. have to say. Or that's what teams <laughs> tell them to say. Uh, because after all, if you work out for an NBA, like this is rocket science, right? You're like, you're just revealing these top secrets. Just oh, so, yeah. yeah, so stupid. But, um, no, my, my favorite part about the combine is always to uh, just talk to people, like talk to the guys and get to know them. Um, and you don't get to know them because obviously they're trying to audition and don't say anything stupid. But yeah, well, you, you get to figure out who some of them are on a personal level, even for yeah. 20 minutes. That's cool. That's cool. Well, let's say uh, maybe two or three years when COVID is good and gone and Summer League is back. We should go to summer Whoa. league. Yeah, I'm I'm totally in. I would love I love summer league so much. And um it happens to be in Vegas, which I, that's does, kind does of not kick, hurt. That's yeah. the kicker. Because I don't I don't know how much you can actually take away from summer league, but just the summer summer league atmosphere is is pretty great. Julian, let's run down some headlines before we go. Sure, I love headlines. I'm just reading where, off where, where are we getting these? New York Times. I'm on, com. I'm on ESPN.com. Oh, NBA. All right. Oh, do you want, wait, sorry. Quick aside. Do you want to hear the funniest headline? Hit me. It was um, in the New York Times opinion section today. It was the goats a hog. Still, I want Tom Brady to win. In the Super Bowl, Americans need a show of superheroic strength. Hmm. The goats a hog. That's what weird. a strange headline, right? Yeah. Anyways, hmm. sorry. Proceed. Okay, so headlines today from Fox News. Um, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> ESPN. No, um, all right, let's go through. Um, I don't have much to say about the top one. Team USA men's planning Vegas bubble. That makes sense. Okay, yep. If the Olympics happen, should the Olympics happen? I think they're going to happen virtually. It's whoever can score the most points <laughs> in their own gym. Just zooms. Somebody's, in internet. Yeah. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> internet goes out. It's like, all right, even, you're eliminated. Um all right, Cavs, Kevin Love resumes activities, no return date set. Uh, there's no chance Kevin Love ends the season as a member of the Cavs, right? One wouldn't think so, and yet the Cavs are looking kind of spicy. So if he comes back and is good, they could actually be decent? It's actually a good point. I forgot that they were kind of sneaky good this year. Like maybe they're the five seed? Is that wow. crazy? Um, not if Colin Sexton and Darius Garland can right. continue to play. Like they have, but yeah. One would think that they would trade him, um, just to kind of 
give their young guys. But I'm if I'm a Cavs fan, I'm pretty darn thrilled with how the season's gone so far. I would agree. Uh, okay, Warriors, Kevin Looney or Kevon Looney, ankle out at least two weeks. Okay, Wiseman, Green at center. Yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah. Looney, the, the Warriors had a tough stretch picking in the late first round for yeah. like three or four years. Granted, picking the first late, late first round is not easy, but like Damian Jones, Kevon Looney, um, if one of those guys could have hit, it feels like yeah. it'd be um, in a better place. But all right. Uh, I watched this for a little, little bit. Fred Van Vliet has Raptors oh, record 54 God. points and he called it an easy night. Nuclear. That's fun. Yeah, that was awesome. Undrafted friend, Fred Van Vliet, never give up on your dreams. Uh, did you see DeMar DeRozan tweeted at him? Like, uh, nice job, Fred. Like, Kyle's old ass could never. How about Kyle Lowry? Uh, how sad <laughs> is DeMar DeRozan? <laughs> he's supposed to hang yeah. out with his buds, and it's true. He's stuck in crappy San Antonio. But again, San Antonio's um, supposed to be cool, and Pop's, Pop's cool. Yeah, I guess that's true. Keldon Johnson's looking promising. He does look good. Yeah, I'm Keldon sure Johnson's like, yes, the, just how I wanted to end my career. Mentoring yeah. Keldon Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sources NBA to tighten mask rules for players. Does yeah, that mean they're going to make them wear like N95s and actually wear them? Like on the bench, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we're still going to have to have them not right. breathe on each other while they're playing the game. But I mean, I think sure, that's good. Great. Sure. Yes. Do what you can to make it safe. I think that's fine. Um, like I'd rather have them wear a mask than not, but these right. guys are around each other in the same hotel and the same buses right. where if, it feels like if somebody has COVID, no matter what everybody else or some people are going to get it. Um, I mean, you're like, I guess you're minimizing, you're, you're not minimizing your risk. You are doing the most you can do without actually doing the thing that would uh, prevent COVID completely, which is not having basketball games. Um, but we've been down this road. Yeah, we have. Um, okay. And then on the uh, totally other end of the spectrum, okay. NBA and the union are working towards a March, March 7th all-star game. March 7th? Yes. Boy. So, right. I mean, it, no fans, I, w- I wouldn't think. Um, I haven't read the article. I'm just reading the headline because that's what this segment is that we invented today. But why? I just don't... I, I don't Why not understand. just like game all star teams and then not play the game? Like I yeah. understand for consistency and for the players. Like you want, you know, and you, you want well, to pick all star. Comes down to money, game? I would say. I guess so. It's a financial thing, so you want people to watch the game, and like you that, want the same dunk contest, and you want the three point yeah. contest. And I get it, and like that's all great. But if all of a sudden ten players get COVID or one player gets COVID from the all star break, it's not worth it. No, like we've we've been through this this year's kind of, I don't want to call it a wash, but like it's one of those things where you put your head down and you just go, let's get through this and let's yeah. do the best we can. And, um, you know, whatever it's like, well, let's not do these all-star and no, yes. Yeah, unnecessary whatever. risks. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's all I have, Julian. I think that's all I got too, Kyle. Should we call it a pod? I think we should call it a pod. Oh, no, this was uh, Julian and Kyle hanging out on a Wednesday when they both had, yeah. So much work all day and are exhausted. (laughs) Very exhausted. Um, Thanks for hanging out at our, yeah. Thanks for hanging out on our potty. I don't like that. Yeah. It's not not good. good. Should retire that one. We can get rid of that one. Um, All right. Well, we'll be back on Monday. We'll record it on Sunday. 
we'll have more energy. We hope. Um, Super Bowl is on Sunday. Who you got? Oh yeah, I was gonna ask you about this. I uh, gotta take the Chiefs, right? Yeah, although no Americans can apparently use a superheroic show of strength to reconvene. I believe our national identity around the Tampa Bay Bucks. Hey, the goat's a hog. <laughs> the goat's a hog, Kyle. You heard it saying. here first. Well, you heard it here second. New York Times had it first, but uh, like my grandpa always used to say, "The goat's a hog." <laughs> He's a farmer, so we'll take his it, word for it. It makes sense. Yeah, it actually made sense in that context. Um, <laughs> he was very confused. He was getting old. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't know what was which. He's like, oh, "Grandpa, that's not out." Okay, whatever. Let him go. Um, all right, Julian. We'll talk soon. Say that it feels right.